0: This is a Podcast 225 production. Welcome to the waiting room on Podcast 225.com.
1: Welcome back to The Waiting Room. I am your host, Dr. Mary Catherine Rodrigue, along with my co-host, Katie Fetzer. And today we're going to be talking about trauma. But before we get started, just a quick disclaimer. Um, the Waiting Room is not to um, replace mental health therapy. If you are interested in some counseling or more information, you can visit our website at www.surprisinglywell.com. Uh, you can contact our office, the Wellness Studio, at uh, 225-448-3359. If you uh, want to hear more episodes of the podcast or how to find this one, you can go to iTunes, Podcast 225, or the 107.3 Talk mobile app. Um, Again, today we're going to be talking about trauma um, and about trauma recovery and how counseling can help. So we're just going to take a quick break and come back with Katie Fetzer. Podcasts have become a great way to get radio on demand. If you've wanted your own podcast, the time to call us is now. This year, Podcast 225 will be launching new shows and yours can be one of them. You won't have to build your own website and you'll be able to use professional broadcast equipment that will make your show sound amazing. If you'd like to know more, call 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Be a part of the on-demand audio movement today.
0: This is Jeff LaDuff, retired chief of police for the city of Baton Rouge.
1: I'm Kelly LaDuff, co-owner of Open Eyes Safety Training and Consulting. Open Eyes is focused on providing quality safety solutions that give businesses and employees the skill set needed to recognize and react to dangerous situations.
0: On a daily basis, we hear yet another story of workplace violence or active
1: shooter. Open Eyes offers a unique approach to keeping you and your businesses safe through site analysis, technology recommendations, policy review, and employee training. To set up a consultation for your business, call us today at 225-313-9713 or visit us at our website at openeyesafetytraining.com. We say keep open eyes because 10% of our population cause
0: 90% of our problems. See them before they see you.
1: Welcome back back
0: to The Waiting Room.
1: Welcome back. I'm Dr. Mary Catherine Roderick, along with my co-host, Katie Fetzer, and this is The Waiting Room. Uh, today's topic is going to be trauma recovery, uh, and Katie actually has a, a lot of experience with this topic, so it's going to be a little interview style um, to get some more information and maybe hopefully will be related, uh, relatable to some of our listeners out there. So welcome, Katie, to your own show. <laughs> hello. Hello. <laughs> So just a a brief background about Katie and her experience with trauma. She has seven years of professional experience uh, with treating individuals and families who've endured trauma. She holds certificates in psychological first aid, crisis prevention and intervention, also known as CPI, and also suicide prevention and intervention, also known as ASSIST. She also has experience in working in hospital settings, community health agencies, and of course, private practice with the Wellness Studio. So thank you, Katie. Uh, This is such an interesting topic. I'm, I'm I'm really excited to pick yeah, your brain today. me too. So tell us a little bit about how you would define trauma. Let's start there. Um, well, I think a good place to
0: start with when we're talking about trauma is to first differentiate, of course, from medical trauma. So letting people know we're not talking about um, car accidents and things of that nature, even though things like that can um, often have an emotional impact on somebody, of course. Today, we're talking more so um, about the emotional traumas that people might or how traumas can affect people emotionally. Mm-hmm. And whenever we think about trauma, um, trauma is what we would consider to be a distressing or a disturbing event or incident that someone experiences. And there's different types of trauma. So you can have one can endure a physical trauma um, that might be a sexual trauma or it can be even just an emotional trauma Mm -hmm. or a number of those mixed Mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. And... There's kind of, if you think about that, like underneath the umbrella of, of trauma in general, there's obviously an infinite number of incidents, incidences that can occur that might be considered a trauma. But it's also what's interesting about trauma is that it's somewhat self-defined. Mm-hmm. Um, so someone might experience um, bullying and. And not necessarily have a traumatic response to that experience, but then the next person might experience being bullied, and it and it does, you know, it does feel very right. traumatic for them. So right. it might, it, it's also somewhat self-defined, and and the way that um, that is defined by the individual that was impacted by the trauma. Mm-hmm and the mental health professional working with that person would be how distressing was that event to them and the impact that it had on them.
1: Right. And can there be indirect trauma? So if someone witnesses bullying for someone else or if they witness an accident, like that's a
0: really great question. Um, that is what we would call vicarious trauma or vicarious traumatization and vicarious trauma is when you is really what it sounds. Um, it's when you vicariously experience a traumatic response to an event that someone else endured Mm -hmm. the the most classic example that we think of is mental well not just mental health workers yeah. healthcare workers nurses trauma er workers yeah. um doctors physicians um teachers perhaps so mm-hmm. but it doesn't necessarily have to be anybody in those roles those are just most common t- that come to mind so for example an er nurse that works in um trauma and sees just day in and day out you know people being hurt or um or the counselor that works with rape victims on a, on a daily basis, they can start vicariously picking up some of the symptoms that, the, that their um, patient or client is working through and experience the same elements of trauma, such as nightmares.
1: So do you find that people that experience the vicarious trauma have a harder time accepting it because they don't necessarily, um, since it's not happening... To them, they're a part of like that treatment team or caring or helping people through trauma. Do you think it takes a little longer to, um, for that person to have the awareness that they were traumatized? Actually, I think that you're
0: definitely onto something in saying that, and I'm sure the the, the research would you know give clear understanding to that. But what I can say from my professional experiences and speak from working in hospital settings is that I do think you are correct. I've seen how healthcare workers are the last to look at themselves and you really have to have a lot of this is why a lot of healthcare programs and trainings have a lot of self-care and self Mm -hmm. um you know in ingrained in their curriculums Mm -hmm. I know for me and for you you can speak to this but in a counseling program I mean they they talk about self-care endlessly yeah um the big question is okay how are you going to take care of yourself when you go home at the end of the day um, and you've just worked with someone that's gone through a, a severe trauma, how are you going to sleep at night? right um, so self-care I think is a huge piece of that but I think you're you are right in that a lot of times healthcare workers have a hard time um, recognizing that because they're so used to putting others first and I think that can be a very very challenging thing for a lot of people yeah um, And counseling is a great place to be able to go and explore some of these things.
1: Yeah. So, okay. So say someone that's listening, uh, may feel like, okay, wait, maybe I've experienced either trauma directly or vicarious Mm -hmm. trauma. How would you diagnose and treat trauma in your setting, counseling setting?
0: That's a great question. Um, so when you think about how you would diagnose and treat trauma, it's really no different than how mental health professionals diagnose or treat any other, major mental health conditions. So for example, anxiety or ADHD, it's, you're basically um, looking for certain symptoms to see how the person is reacting to the traumatic event. Mm -hmm. And one thing that we like to look for is, for instance, um, the counselors, we use the diagnostic manual for mental disorders. And that has criteria for meeting things such as PTSD and acute stress disorder. And I don't want to get too jargony, but so that people kind of understand the difference. It's basically just a way of saying um, that your response to a traumatic event developed into a disorder of some sorts that's interfering with your life. Mm -hmm. So, for example, with PTSD, some of the criteria is reoccurring nightmares, flashbacks, and those things are disturbing you Mm -hmm. um, to the point where it's interfering with your functioning or you might have increased anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, So you look for those things uh, when you're screening for a disorder that someone might have developed as a result of a trauma, mm-hmm. but that's not necessarily always the case. People experience traumas and there's this resiliency factor that also plays a role. And yeah. some people are more resilient than others. And yeah. so it all depends. And I like to say everybody's different right. and nobody's the same. Right. So it's everybody's treated differently. And that would
1: be applied to the time in which your, the symptoms of your trauma would manifest. So not right. everybody would, would experience those symptoms right immediately after correct okay yes okay that's mm-hmm. good to you know okay yeah. um so in your, in part of your credentialing about in your um your expertise in mm-hmm. trauma you have a um, certification in psychological first aid mm-hmm. tell us what that is about yes so
0: it's very interesting um i love the name of what it's called because it's it really it, it's it metaphors first regular first aid medical first aid so if you think about if let's say you were riding your bike and skinned your knee and fell down and you you know had a bloody knee you would apply first aid for example Mm -hmm. by cleaning off the knee making sure you put a band-aid on maybe some neosporin so that way proper healing can begin for that triage yeah triage so psychological first aid is essentially the same thing, except it's an emotional wound that we're dealing with as a, or a psychological wound, as opposed to a physical wound. Mm-hmm. And so with psychological first aid, what you're doing is you're making sure that the person is ready for the healing process to begin. And there's a lot of quote unquote psychological triage you have to do before that. Um, it, I can kind of run through what those things are to begin with. And there's, there's what we call eight core steps to psychological first aid. Mm-hmm. The first one being you're contacting and engaging with the person very mm-hmm. gently and calmly. Mm-hmm. So usually after someone's experienced a trauma, um, and and this by the way is something that a lot of you can see happening in a lot of shelters. So okay. in Baton Rouge, for example, we just experienced this yeah. great flood of 2016 um, Six. and it was a very dramatic event. I think yeah. for a lot of, and still is. Yeah. And what we saw happening in a lot of the, um the shelters was people, the Red Cross was asking for people that could come in and do psychological first aid because whenever people just experience something like that, they are in a state of shock perhaps in Mm -hmm. the beginning. Um, So it's not not like you're necessarily running and starting the... Trauma counseling process right away. The psychological first aid is something that occurs before that healing process begins, mm-hmm. and so after you're engaging with that person, your goal is to make sure you're helping them become stable. Okay. So you want to make sure you want to assess their support system. Um, you want to connect them with resources that they might need to be connected with. In the aftermath of an immediate trauma. Um, maybe they need to focus on, um, maybe their primary focus at the moment is where's my dog. Mm -hmm. I can't find my dog. I Mm just experienced this Mm -hmm. traumatic storm and I can't find my dog. So you're addressing those immediate things that are going on for them right now to kind of get them in a more stable place. Mm -hmm. And trauma counseling doesn't necessarily begin until after those things have occurred and the person is ready to then heal.
1: Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, that does. That does. Um, Okay, so enough of the scary stuff. Uh, how can someone recover from trauma? How
0: can someone, or my immediate response, to that would be counseling, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also appreciate and know that, you know, the one thing I, I love about us counselors is that we don't look at everybody the same again, and we look at everybody differently. So it all depends on the person's cultural background, spiritual background, um, and how they would like their healing process to occur Into um, to happen, but the mm-hmm. a counselor is a great person to work with to help that person facilitate the healing. Mm-hmm. So, and the reason I like to say this, is cause I think a lot of people find a lot of healing maybe from their spiritual advisors mm-hmm. or a pastor. Um, and that's a great thing. I think a counselor can be um, someone that works alongside those people. So I hope that um, people kind of get that message is that we're not necessarily trying to put the a blanket um Mm -hmm. recommendation for Mm -hmm. for everybody but I hope that people do know that counseling is a great resource and an evidence-based resource for being able to work through things such as this but counseling is a great place for people to start Mm -hmm. and it offers a very safe setting for a person to actually work through a trauma Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they something that people don't really know is that a lot of times people may think that they can just kind of put it behind them Mm -hmm. But the best analogy I like to use with, with a trauma and what can happen is it's like, you know, everybody has certain thoughts and memories that pop in their mind and they occur on a daily basis and we don't necessarily maybe think about them. They're kind of just mm-hmm. automatic thoughts. Mm-hmm. Well, when a trauma happens, it's like someone took Rogue over the projector screen and someone is in your mind just portraying these images that are very That's distressing a really good way to, put to it. you. Yeah. And so counseling is, is a way of helping you gain back control of the projector screen so okay. that you're... You're essentially choosing to see the traumatic event again, but Mm -hmm. make your own meaning from Mm -hmm. it, Mm -hmm. to be able to walk away and say that you've worked through the trauma as opposed to trying to jump over it, you know, crawl underneath it, hide from it, because then it's still this boulder in your path. But counseling is a way to like actually chip away at the boulder.
1: Yeah. Do you find that people that maybe um, experienced a trauma together like with maybe it just with the, uh, like say a car accident for mm-hmm. example where there's multiple people in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, do you find that people sometimes try to gauge their recovery from that trauma with how the other people are recovering? Like if they, they're still having these flashbacks but they're, the friend or the relative or whomever was in the car with them seems to be doing just fine. Like do you find that people sometimes um, try to compare their recovery to another. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I hear that happen a lot, quite a bit, Um,
0: especially working in the hospital setting. Again, I keep going back to that, but you know, some people have an easier time dealing with working with patients that are enduring sexual abuse on a daily basis, and then others are going, why can I go home and not, you know, why do I go home and have a hard time sleeping at night, but all the nurses seem to be fine or, um, and I think it it boils down to, again, everybody's different. Um, what happens is we all, whenever a trauma happens, we all kind of bring our background and childhood experiences and life experiences. All of that kind of plays a role Mm -hmm. into who we are and shapes us and really prepares us for how we deal with adversity. Yeah. And a traumatic event is such a, a major um, thing that can impact someone's life—that it's kind of a, a test for yeah. how you can deal and work through things. Right. Um, and I think that sometimes people compare themselves in a negative way, but I like to look at it as it's some, it's a way for you to kind of gauge what progress you need to make mm-hmm. and what you need to do to move forward. Right. Instead of thinking of it as oh, I'm behind or I'm yeah, you know yeah, not recovering from this.
1: Yeah, and 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 I like what you said about how people define themselves after a trauma. So, Mm -hmm. um, if you look at, at how people may do that, whether they're kind of this victim versus a survivor, can you talk about that self-identity kind of after or working through recovery of Mm a trauma?
0: Yes, there, there is, um, so the survivor and the victim mentality, a lot of the times when people experience a trauma, they kind of can tend to adapt this identity, like being a victim. It just te- it seems to overwhelm or kind of take over their identity. Mm-hmm. And that can manifest in a lot of ways. So let's say if someone is under, you know, it has this victim mentality that they've adapted as a result of the trauma, it starts to interfere with maybe work months mm-hmm. down the road. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, you know, I just can't get out of bed because I'm a victim of this trauma and it's still affecting me. And it's not necessarily um, something that we we minimize, but We want the person to be able, obviously the goal is to be able to, as a counselor, to empower that person to not let the trauma be above them, but Mm -hmm. for them to be above it.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And so the kind of the goal of counseling is to move from that victim mentality to the survivor mentality. Mm -hmm. The difference is instead of being a victim of something and feeling controlled by the trauma, the survivor feels that they have been able to come over overcome and Mm -hmm. be above the trauma and Mm -hmm. they've survived it Mm -hmm. and so it has this strength um building kind of factor into gaining that mentality. And it's not an easy process to go through. Of course, some people are more resilient than others. And I've worked with so many clients that have endured trauma that have really surprised me, especially teenagers that can just kind of already automatically start saying things like, well, I survived this and I'm okay with, and it's truly amazing, um, how resilient some people are. Yeah. But I think that the victim mentality can be very, um, debilitating. It can really break someone down and interfere. It allows the trauma to serve as a excuse instead of a reason for something. And
1: do you feel like sometimes maybe that, that label of victim is put on that person maybe by a parent or by someone else? Yeah.
0: That's a really good point too. Um, So for children, a parent might constantly be putting that victim label Mm -hmm. on their child and then they don't really realize that it starts to handicap them. Yeah, because the the main thing I want people to take away from this is that if you've gone through a trauma, you absolutely can recover from it. There um, are so many ways to be able to work through and, and so many things that you have within yourself to be able to work through a trauma. Mm-hmm. And it's all about being able to believe in that and make sure that you're connected to the right
1: yeah. people to be able to help you overcome it. Yeah. And a little bit of like a, a up question because um, and, and the traumas that we've we've talked about were the, some very kind of obvious trauma. Mm-hmm. But um, for someone that when you were talking about symptoms, if if someone's like, you know what, I, I feel like I'm having those similar symptoms mm-hmm. that maybe had to do with having a baby or some. Thing that maybe you wouldn't automatically think as as a trauma mm-hmm. um what would you say to, to people that are experiencing symptom like trauma
0: i would definitely work with them through that and again go back to what i said earlier that trauma sometimes is kind of self-defined mm-hmm. because they might have experienced an event like you said and they are kind of essentially defining it as traumatic and right. the counselor would need to work with them on that um I would, I would never tell them, no, that's not, that's not trauma. Yeah. 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 (laughs) That's not considered, you know, a trauma, but, um, it's similar to, um, experiencing a crisis, which we consider to be self-defined for a lot of people too. Um, and I would definitely just want to work with that person. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So those of you listening, if, if, uh, Katie touched on some things that you are experiencing or, uh, it's kind of rolling around in your mind and, and you're just not sure reach out to a counselor. I mean, obviously there's Katie, who's amazing at, at treating trauma at the wellness studio, but that, you know, just check your insurance provider or there's, um, you're kind of even with your employer, but, uh, counseling centers available to you because I think it's really important just to even have that conversation. And that way you and your therapist can decide yeah, how, how to move forward mm-hmm. with processing those yes. feelings. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we will, uh, come back to wrap up promote your business or organization on podcast
0: 225.com podcast 225.com is quickly becoming a weekly tradition for louisiana listeners every month thousands hear the weekly clay young show every week clay sits with some of the state's most fascinating and entertaining people Posting your company's logo on the podcast225.com website or having a professionally produced commercial air on The Clay Young Show is a great way to access a loyal and informed audience. Get more information by calling 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Welcome back back to The Waiting Room.
1: Welcome back to The Waiting Room. I'm Dr. Mary Catherine Rodriguez, along with my co-host, Katie Fetzer, who just gave us a lot of really important and I think um, encouraging information for anybody who's ever experienced trauma or maybe thinking that they're experiencing a trauma. So, um, you know, just a, a kind of a, um, a quick overview of just Katie and her experience with psychological first aid and talking about trauma and that recovery and victim versus survivor. So please, um, If you want to check out more episodes of The Waiting Room or re-listen to this one, uh, you can find us at iTunes and podcast225.com. Up next, it's kind of a a fitting uh, rolling right into grief. Um, I'm going to be sharing some information about grief and grief recovery, um, which oftentimes can be triggered by a trauma. So um, thank you for listening, and we'll be back soon.
0: Thanks for listening to The Waiting Room. This has been a podcast225.com production.